Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 51 Esther Van Missive, the Halfling Courier. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests the Dungeons & Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining Kay Laird's table in the Levitating Platter. everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of sidekicks and sidequest the best unofficial dungeons and dragons podcast in my humbly biased opinion uh i'm joined by a fan of the show who was brought into our community by one of our previous guests so i'm gonna go ahead and turn the microphone over and ask would you care to introduce yourself and tell us what it is that you do Hi, I'm Kay. So as Kurt said, I was brought to the podcast by a previous uh, guest on the podcast, Joseph. My name is Kay. Uh, we play a campaign together online. So I get to play next to Tavish on a regular basis. So as to what I do, very clearly, I do D&D. And I also work with dogs for a living. Plus, I'm a bookkeeper. So as you can tell, I'm a busy person. <laughs> Oh, wow. Do you teach the dogs how to do bookkeeping as well? I would if I could. <laughs> maybe maybe if I get the right collie or the right doodle, I could do it. Awesome. It's good to know that dogs can be trained up to those levels of skills, hopefully one day. Someday. Well, that's super cool. So you play D&D, you work with dogs, and you do bookkeeping. It sounds like quite a wonderful life. Oh, and I should say climbing, which is the oh. dangerous aspect of my life. Look, I work out so I can just do a quarter of what my characters can do. Do you currently or have you ever played Dungeons & Dragons? Yes. So, I have been playing Dungeons & Dragons since high school, which is give or take uh, mm, mm, 15 years ago. <laughs> so I like to say I've been playing D&D for about 10 on and off. Um, I have done a lot of homebrew stuff with people, a lot of online, but I've also been involved with Adventure League here in uh, New Brunswick, Canada. By the way, we play D&D wow. in Canada. <laughs> there you go, folks. You've heard it here on this podcast by three Canadians. D&D does in fact exist in Canada. I have had some experience as a DM, but not a whole heck of a lot. <laughs> Okay. I, I can't say that I'm a very skilled DM. I can write it for you, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to sit in the hot seat. Ah, I mm -hmm. see. Yeah, cop out. 
<laughs> well, that's okay. I know I was first nervous uh, to try my hand at being a DM when I first started playing with 4th edition. We actually rotated Dungeon Masters, so if someone thought of something cool, like a cool story we wrote up that we would sit in and kind of work everyone through the adventure and then when we were all done it's like okay now i get to go back to being a player and someone else will be the dungeon master for a while so that's always a cool method to try out suggestion that i'll throw out there if you want to try and flex those dm muscles a little bit more do you have a favorite npc character from an rpg DD, video games etc and why are they your favorite sidekick or npc so I had actually written two for this one, and I forgot to send you the second one, because the person that runs the second one was editing this for me. So oh, okay. <laughs> I can't spell my way out of a paper bag. I have an editor. So currently, I'm listening to another D&D podcast, one of five I think I listened to. So Margaret, a black lily from the podcast Campaign Skyjacks, has become a big favorite of mine. Um, She's a wonderful take on folks who are sex workers. The way she connects or gets physical with people is incredibly empowering, uh, rather than made out to be sinful or, you know, disgusting, for lack of better words. Mm -hmm. She really takes one of the current PCs right now who's um, struggling through a life change. I really do not want to spoil anything because, guys, it's a good podcast. Okay. She really, really helps him work through his stuff. So, yeah, I find that the whole Black Lily concept is very interesting because not only are they sex workers, they're also in many ways psychologists. So it's a really, really nuanced, like I'm talking mostly about the Black Lilies themselves instead of Margaret's personality, but it's a Mm -hmm. very nuanced take on, on something that we still currently struggle with in the modern era. As to the character herself, she's very sweet, but she's also dead honest Mm. to a point where (laughs) there are times where the character she is assisting is like i really don't want to talk to you kind of sounds like uh one of the character archetypes that joss whedon's firefly addressed and her name escapes me right now but i can picture her clearly i know who the actress is in my head and i know the character she played in firefly but you know these courtesans from like the pleasure planet or whatever that worked on mal's ship and very much was not only this sex worker but also kind of helped talk people through different things from her particular perspective on life yeah are you thinking of inara inara yes inara from firefly yes so that was my introduction no that's not true it wasn't my introduction to the world of sci-fi but it definitely kept me hooked Yes, I think Firefly is a show that was taken from us far too soon, and uh, I didn't maybe necessarily keep up with it when it was on TV, uh, but I got uh, hooked onto Firefly as a fandom uh, in my college days. And the fandom is pretty decent, too, I find. At least my interactions with them have been very good. To that second character I mentioned. Oh, yes, go for it. So this is actually a character from the campaign that Joseph and I both play in called Gloria. Again, I have a type. She is a former sex worker. Okay. (laughs) Except in her case, she's become more of a rogue, continuing to use her charisma to act more like a spy. She is the leader of our merry band of fellows, or I think we, I believe that the the team name we've come up with is the Standing Points. Hmm. She is short, literally, she's a halfling, 
but okay <laughs> she is short when she speaks to you or can be anyway she can be a seductress and she is also very maternal so she is someone who wears many many faces and michelle our lovely dm and also my editor is extremely wonderful at portraying her it's great when you have uh, a dungeon master who's able to bring characters to life. So certainly kudos to Michelle, your dungeon master, for uh, being able to bring those characters you love to life. Do you happen to have a favorite side quest from any RPG, D&D campaign, video game, film, books, etc.? And why is it your favorite side quest? So this one could be a little bit of a spoiler alert for Skyjacks. So I do okay. want to put that out there before I continue speaking. So I guess you can zoom ahead if you okay. don't want to be spoiled. It is the restoration of one of the characters. I'm actually just going to say one of the characters' hands instead of the name. In Campaign Skyjacks. Okay. So they lost their hand from no fault of their own in an accident. Okay. And... To get to the point where he restores his hand, instead of like what we see traditionally with Dungeons and Dragons, is it's just a spell, mm -hmm. right? Spell, done, hand back. In this case, it's you are having to take this journey of growth before you can get your hand back. But there are consequences to getting your hand back that you have to choose from. And that's really vague, but I really don't want to give up too much. It weaved very well into the main quest, weaved very well into the main story as it currently stands because there's a lot of big stuff going on in the horizon. And you can see, like, as a gamer as well, in my head, I could mentally see the quest log where we're like, restoration of hand, also stop the big bad. <laughs> right. I think we all have. Anyone who plays D&D, I think, at some point in their life has that mental list of what are my side quests what are my main quests? My only other one that I can fully reveal is one that I did with one of my characters to rescue their wife. Oh, okay. It was not easy. We didn't even know if they were, her wife was alive. Mm -hmm. So it was just the entire, and I'm someone that gets very much gets into characters. It was a very stressful time, but it was extremely rewarding. So I had to, we had to break into a stronghold that was held by slavers mm. to get to her. So we weren't just releasing her. Actually, I think we released her during the recon. Yes, we did. During the recon to break into the building because my character was part of the recon being the ranger, the sneaker, and Holly was like, no, I can't leave her here. No, mm. sorry. We're, we're taking her out now. I'm not waiting. <laughs> Put the uh, advancement on the plans a little bit. Like, okay, we're going to scout to make a plan to go do the thing. Oh, I see. You've already finished scouting and you've already returned with them. Well, I guess there's nothing further we need to do. Let's just go home. Other than save everybody else. <laughs> right, of course, yeah. of course. But no, it was just kind of like, I'm just going to advance our timeline because I'm impatient. <laughs> That's character growth, right? Totally in character. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I would be that person in real life. If I was this character in this moment going to rescue my wife, I would be that person that would be like, I'm going to wait for backup mm -hmm. because I don't want to die. Right. Of course, no one wants to put themselves willingly into danger in real life, which is why we get to act it out in Dungeons and Dragons, where we can have that gusto, that adventure without uh, actually putting ourselves into physical danger. Exactly. And hey, you know what? My characters can do way more than I can do. Like I said, I work out so I can do like a quarter of what Holly does. And it's probably less than that because Holly is a ranger. I can't shoot a bow. You could always take up archery if you wanted. 
I'll finish with learning how to drive stick first. Hello everyone, I just want to take a moment to tell you about my first ever sponsor, Plus One EXP. Tony Vicenda is the mastermind behind this trifecta of triumph. He produces tabletop-themed beard balms, beard-themed tabletop RPGs, and helps to support additional tabletop content creators on Patreon. Now, each of his beard balms is flavored after the basic stats from D&D. Do you need some strength for your beard? Why, apply and feel yourself empowered with the scent of pine and cedar with a minty edge. If you're feeling rather charismatic, apply a balm of sweet-smelling amber, clove, and pipe tobacco. Each one of these balms is unique in its makeup. And of course, don't forget, Tony developed a whole RPG that allows you to harness your facial ferocity and hair-raising adventures. You can snag a copy of that game as well as a style stencil, enamel pen, or a map of the Whiskerverse. And finally, aside from all of the awesome interviews and actual plays Tony has on Plus One EXP, every purchase you make feeds into the Plus One Forward program, which supports small indie content creators to continue making amazing tabletop RPG content. So head on over to plusonexp.com. That's plus one spelled out and exp.com in order to shop for these balms and games and more. And when you go to check out, use my affiliate code Randolph to save some coin on your purchase and to help support sidekicks and sidequests. How else do you think our tavern keeper at the Levitating Platter is going to keep his silver beard so awesome? Once again, the code is Randolph, like how it's spelled on episode two and his write-up in order to save on your order and help support the show. So thank you so much. And now back to the podcast. What are you passionate about and why? There's a lot of things, but I'm going to give you the three D's. Okay. Dogs, drinking, it's not how it sounds, I'll explain, <laughs> and D&D. Okay. So obviously based on the intro, I told you guys I work with dogs. It was not my original career choice. Originally, I was on the path to becoming a fully-fledged bookkeeper, going to university and everything. Um, however, as a private bookkeeper for a couple of corporations, I realized fairly quickly it's an extremely stressful job. And sometimes people don't listen to you and it just wasn't for me full-time. So bookkeeping has now been reduced to the way I make money. And I work with dogs at a kennel. So I will say that everybody has a home. There's always happy endings and everybody goes home at the end of the day. So just because if I worked at the SPCA, every dog would come home with me and my partner would leave me. <laughs> but still, it's I find it very rewarding. And I'll be dead honest with you. When you work with dogs, nobody's unhappy to see you. I walk in the door and everybody's happy to see me because <laughs> I have food. Right. right. <laughs> So the second D, drinking. To explain that one a little bit better, I have worked in the liquor industry as a rep. Basically selling you alcohol. Mm. Specifically for meadery. Mm. Yeah, I sell mead, guys. And if you've never had mead and you're a D&D player, what are you doing? Go try it. Right. No. <laughs> But that's where the love of drinking comes from. It comes from, uh, I'm also gluten intolerant. So anytime I can find something that I myself can drink, like mead, drink mead if you're gluten intolerant, it's gluten free. Generally, I just like mixing cocktails. I'm not someone who drinks quantity, I drink quality. Mm -hmm. I'm also 30. I don't like to get drunk anymore. 
Right. I'd rather take that $60 that I might have spent at the bar. I have done it. And then put Mm -hmm. it into a nice bottle of whiskey. It's about quality. It's about the mead, specifically drink mead. I mean, I don't work for the guy anymore and I'm still going drink mead. And, you know, just taking the time to put the energy in the same way a chef would prepare a wonderful meal. Taking the time to make a drink and just layer it and work with flavors and stuff like that. It's amazing. By the way, if you are not trying mead that has been made bubbly, effervescent, or carbonated, there we go. Those are the words. Those are all words for bubbly anything. (laughs) It's definitely one of the ways to go uh, at a lower percentage, but I could talk your ear off about mead. I'm going to stop there. Okay. So the last one, D&D. Obviously, I'm here because of how much I love it. We wouldn't be talking if if it wasn't one of my passions, right? So one of my biggest things with D&D is not just the game and the mechanics, but what I really love about it is riffing with people in the moment. So most of the games I play are very roleplay intensive. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. I love the quest. I love the end campaign, but I'm not a murder hobo. So I like to take my time and do the roleplay and help craft the story. So maybe it's less about D&D itself and more about the story for me. But I mean, dogs drinking and D&D went really well together. And the nice thing is, is that you're also having those funny, sad, and traumatic experience without having to deal with the real life trauma. Sure. um, Which makes it, you know, just makes the story even better. Of those three, if I had to only have one for the rest of my life, I'm sorry, D&D, but it's dogs. There's a reason why dogs are man's best friend. They're pure little beings of love. (laughs) And I truly believe there is no such thing as a bad dog. Just a poorly treated, poorly trained dog. We've learned quite a bit about our guest. And so I think it's now time to head into some NPC creation. So now this is the part of the show where we get to uh, make up a character and bring them to life. And I believe you have created a fully fleshed character and we're going to reveal them step by step, correct? Sort of, but I am going to probably add more as we go. Okay, so easiest question. What is this character's name? This is Esther Van Missif. And what is the ancestry for this character? So this character is a halfling of the forest. So they are used to growing up in wooded areas and probably have very furry feet. What is the job or role for this character in society? Well, I think I should probably let Esther answer that. So, actually, I'm a mail deliverer. I mean, it's a lot of walking, but... I really like it, and I get to see a lot of places. Oh, wow, that's fascinating. I think this is the first where the character is actually going through the process now of explaining who they are step by step. Well then, Esther, uh, how old would you say that you are? Well, um, you're a human, right? Yes, yes, that is correct. Okay, so that would mean I'm, um, I'm about 50, so that's like 18 to 20 in human years. Okay, you're still a relatively young hobbit. Oh, sorry, this is D&D affiliated, I have to say halfling. <laughs> How dare me. How dare! <laughs> All right. Well, since this is an audio medium, Esther, can you give us a physical description of yourself? 
Right. Uh, okay, so I'm not very tall. I mean, obviously, I'm a halfling. But even for a halfling, I'm not very tall. Um, I'm a bit on the stout side. I mean, I walk a lot. So as you can imagine, I have calves for days. Um, my mom also says I'm barrel-chested. So I guess I'm a little bit on the squarer side and my hair okay so it's like a brown mousy brown you know like a field mouse kind of color and really mm-hmm. curly um eyes wise uh my eyes are deep set and they're dark brown and of course like i said i'm very fit because you know males heavy like i mm-hmm. mean it's it's heavy people seriously quit overpacking your envelopes please <laughs> i have to walk long distances <laughs> Also, yeah, I'm tan, just because I'm outside a lot and windblown, so I kind of look a little older than 50. More like, I've heard I look more like 60. I get that a lot. And then you have the pleasure uh, to tell people, actually, I'm only 50, and then they're like, oh, wow. Exactly, and people tell me I'm very mature for my age as well. But I mean, I have to be. I'm carrying the mail, and that's incredibly important. Of course, of course. Well, if you had to pick three adjectives to describe yourself, what three adjectives would you use? Um, I'm quick, I'm stout, and I'm chatty. Okay, okay. Those are three good adjectives. There's nothing wrong with being chatty. No, no, of course not. What is a valuable item, a piece of lore, a secret... Or an ideal or concept that you ascribe to? Well, I have this tiny blue jay feather that I keep on me at all times. Um, I I found it once on one of my walks. And when I brought it home, my mom said it would protect me and make me swift like a bird. And I haven't really noticed an uptick in my speed, but, um, you know, maybe. Uh, She would prefer I work in town. I like carrying the mail. Uh, I also... oh. And that feather, I um, I keep it in a locket around my neck. And when I really, really miss her, I pull it out and look at it. Aww. It's a little rounded off at the tip, and it can't be much bigger than, like, my thumbnail. It's really, really small. But speaking of my mom, she's a really good person. Um, she takes great care of me and my siblings, and there's lots of us. I mean, halfling mm-hmm. families are huge, you know, because we're small. Like I said, she'd prefer that I work in town. Uh, but, I mean, I would... I don't like being a farmer between you and me. It's a lot of work. It's exhausting. Sure, sure. And it's dirty. Mm. Um, She's very strong, and she's taught me to be independent, but also to be, you know, to treat people like you would want to be treated yourself, you know? Right, the golden rule. Exactly. Well, Esther, if there is a particular quest that you'd be willing to recruit or hire adventurers to go and do, what would that quest be? Oh, oh, um, a quest. Wow, that sounds really epic. Well, you know, I've been having a lot of trouble lately getting through this particular patch of woods. When I get to the certain point in this trees, the trees physically close in and the vines start to tangle around my legs. Let me tell you, it's terrifying. I've I've heard rumors that people have been eaten by the plants. You know, if you can imagine that. I mean, oh wow, plants eating people. I mean, I got lucky the first time it happened, so now I just walk my whole way around the forest, which, as you can imagine, makes the mail late. And you know, there's nothing more important than the mail. So I would really love to have help getting through that. But also, there are goblin folk that live in the woods, and they've always been really good to me. Um, you know, anytime I get lost, uh, actually that time that I got 
caught up in the vines, they cut me down. Um, and I heard rumors that the city was trying to expand and might cut into their... They might cut into the forest. So, I mean, while you're in there, if you can, can you let them know? Yeah. I mean, I have... Actually, I have a letter. Um, and if you give it to them, maybe they can work something out with, you know, the city. They're really nice okay. people. They're just kind of smelly. Ah, so it's a letter from the city being delivered to this uh, community of goblins then? Yes, uh, assuming they can read common. Um, maybe that's something you guys could do? I think that's a fine quest for adventurers to go and do. Clearing a path and delivering an important message to them. Perfect. Esther, if uh, some heroes take you up on your quest and they're able to successfully do these things, what's going to be their reward? Hmm. Well, I really don't have anything. Um. Oh, wait, the post office. I bet the post office would be happy to pay them in gold. And actually, I wouldn't be surprised that if you asked, if you helped them out and, and made my job a little easier, they would take you, you know, to any destination that you wanted to. I mean, within reason, of course, as long as it's on the mail route. Okay. We have carrier griffins, so we could cut your trips down by a couple of days. I mean, it's not a lot of money because mm -hmm. i mean every adventure wants money world runs on money sure i mean it would be safer and save you some time and maybe some goods wow yeah no any i'm any opportunity to uh expedite travel is a welcome one for adventurers certainly uh but now we have to consider the other side of this quest what do you imagine is going to happen if these adventurers fail to clear the path and deliver the mail or they refuse to take your quest what's going to be the consequence of that well i would hope that adventurers are good people and they wouldn't say no um, but I guess if the trees didn't get cleared, or, I mean, sorry, not cleared, but the path didn't get cleared, well, I would have to take more dangerous routes, like through the mountains to cut the time down, or, you know, have to walk all the way around the forest, and, you know, if they don't get that letter to the goblin people, would they all die for expansion? And also, look, I also carry medicine as well with me sometimes. I'm not really supposed to tell anyone that, but sometimes there's stuff that is too sensitive to be flown or bounced in a cart, and I have to take that. And they put that in my care, so honestly, someone could die if I can't get there fast enough. Well, I also happen to have some other questions for you if you have the time to answer those as well. Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. I mean, I, do you mind walking and talking with me? <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Uh, well, Esther, uh, what are your goals and motivations? Ooh, 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 that's tough. Okay, so I really enjoy helping people, um, but I'm really squeamish, and I faint at the sight of blood. So, as you can imagine, I wouldn't be a good doctor. And I've had my fill of younger siblings, so I don't really, I don't want to take care of other people's kids, you know? So this is how I help. I help by delivering the mail, because without the mail, how would we know what's going on in the next town? I really enjoy being fit and exploring. And honestly, I want to see every major town on the continent. I want to go where no halfling has gone before, if that's possible. Mainly, I just want to deliver the mail. Esther, how do you think these goals and motivations affect your general personality? Well, I definitely think it makes me determined and focused. I love to travel. And it means I don't always keep my nose to the ground in front of me. So I get to explore and see new places while my head's up doing my job.
mom raised me to be a happy, positive person. And quite frankly, that really helps when the road is a little harder to keep my spirits up when I get lonely. You know, I'm always happy to see someone on the road because to be honest with you, most of the time I'm alone and that can be pretty scary. But trust me, I've got tricks up my sleeve to keep myself safe. Well, Esther, are there normal ways that you interact, say, with family and friends versus enemies and rivals versus people you work with versus other adventurers that you find on the road? Well, I try to treat everybody with kindness. And like I said, try to treat them the same way I want to be treated. I mean, of course, I'm going to treat my family different. Uh, They're my everything. And, you know, that's where my pay goes from the mail. I find that more people are willing to help you in any situation if you treat them well, you know, like a living, breathing person. Except for Clark. Clark is always trying to outdo me. We, We graduated from mail carrier school at the same time. And he thinks because he's taller and has longer legs, he can deliver mail better than I can. I really hope he falls over and breaks an ankle one day. Jerk. Well, hopefully you and Clark can one day mend your relationship. No. But not to dwell on it too long. Do you have any particular accent or language that you tend to use? Are there any idiosyncrasies in the way that you act or speak? Okay, okay, okay. So, um, I do tend to talk and run on sentences, and I, um, lose my words and stammer sometimes, just because, you know, I'm talking so fast and my brain is going so fast that I lose things. And often, I will forget what I'm talking about. Sometimes it's really, really hard to focus on anything else when you're walking, and when you're trying to focus on delivering the mail, you lose yourself in conversation sometimes. I purposefully try to speak without an accent and in as clear a language as possible. Just because I meet so many different people and you're never sure if common is actually what they speak. I've been told I'm very nasally. Do I sound nasally to you? A little bit, but you know, that's not too bad. Clark says my voice is high pitch. Well, Esther, how have you made an impact on the world? How have you shaped your local area? You know, I like to think that I'm making a large impact in a really small way. You know, people get to know me very well. They get to recognize me. I mean, I'm the one that delivers your mail. Sometimes they're happy to see me, and sometimes they aren't. Um, I was responsible once for delivering the peace treaty that settled the land dispute between the tall folk and the halflings. Um, So it's not actually been very long since we were all getting along and not getting stepped on. Hmm. You know, sometimes people gotta remember that other people are not necessarily as tall as they are and might need a little extra help getting things. Also, there was that one time I delivered divorce papers to a local businessman. Um, ever since I did that, he gives me the stink eye every time he sees me. I don't think he knows the meaning of the phrase, don't shoot the messenger. Or at least don't shoot the messenger with dirty looks. Well, Esther, to, I'm at the last of my questions here. Do you have any current problems that prevent you from being a bigger player on the stage of life? Not really. I really can't think of Clark. You know what? He's a jerk. And if we ever work together, he takes all of the credit. So I put in just as much sweat and just as much blood into delivering the mail. And let me tell you, my feet are a wreck. And he'll just take the credit. He's even stolen really important letters out of my pack just so he could get the credit for it. Actually, I heard that when I got tangled up in those weeds, that some of my mail had fallen out, which is extremely tragic. But instead of bringing them back to me, to the person who was already en route, he decided to deliver them himself. Mm. What a hero. 
Oh, man. Well, it sounds like, you know, once the adventurers are done helping to trailblaze a little bit and deliver this important letter to the goblin folk in the woods, it sounds like perhaps there might be a future quest to help amend the relationship between you and Clark, it sounds like. I don't think so. All bridges are burnt. Oh boy. Oh boy. Well, I think it's only fitting now that we head into a random encounter. Well, that was certainly a fun experience of actually doing NPC creation with the character themselves. So we've already gotten a little bit of a foretaste of what Esther is going to be like. Now I like to take time in the show to actually do a little bit of a role play scenario, a short one, a little vignette with our character. And so I think it's only fitting uh, that Esther should meet Duncan, the adventurer, along the road as they're making their way towards this forest en route to deliver this important message to the goblin folks. So if you're ready, I'm ready to jump in. Ready as I'll ever be. Just want to take a moment to recognize another sponsor of the show, Reaper Miniatures. They have been Texas Titans of the tabletop industry since 1994. They're right here in my backyard, and they have an amazing warehouse and game store. They make everything from paints to gaming accessories, stream on Twitch with tutorials and interviews, and host The Reaper Con. This year, back in person from September 2nd to 5th, 2021 in Denton, Texas. Whatever system you're running, whatever game you're playing, Reaper has a miniature that has you covered. Want to include Randolph in your game? Then might I suggest looking at their catalog for SKU number 77661. Perhaps you need a Lord Grubbub. Check out SKU 02646. Are you in the market for your very own Skink Knows the Lich? Look no further than SKU number 77280. You know, every time you shop with them and you spend at least $40 on your purchase, they will give you a cool new mini for free. And this miniature of the month is always something new. And if you're wondering how you can enjoy the benefits from my sponsor, if you visit my website, you can find a link for our sponsorship and use my referral code link when you shop to help support sidekicks and side quests and get you some savings. By clicking that link on my website, it helps to track the traffic that our show directs towards Reaper Miniatures. The more traffic, the more that our Texas powers will be able to combine. So again, go check the link out on my website in order to use my special referral code and be sure to follow Reaper Miniatures on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. And be sure to sign up for ReaperCon 2021 and tell them that Sidekicks and SideQuest sent you. So thank you very much to this sponsor and back to the podcast. After having concluded his last adventure over the mountains uh, with the Sky Elf Village and hunting some manticores, Duncan has made his way back down the mountains on the other side, and he stumbles upon this little village, this quaint little village, and as he's looking around for a place to lay his head, he can see that there is a business that he hasn't encountered before necessarily, and it looks like it's got a scroll with some wings on it, uh, hanging on a sign, and as he enters the shop, he notices the door's a little bit lower, so he has to kind of duck down as he goes in, the door ching ching and he looks around and he goes, uh, Hello, my name is Duncan. Uh, is this some sort of courier letter delivery business? You got it. Ugh. How can I help you? Oh, well, hello. Uh, 
Hmm. Well, my name is Duncan. I'm an adventurer by trade. I can refuse no quest given to me. I'm homicidally brave. I'm known throughout these lands far and wide. And, well, I just had never encountered a physical space where you could request a parcel to be delivered. That's excellent. I, uh, well, it's been a while since I've written the folks. Thought maybe I could write a letter and have it delivered to my folks, if that sounds all right with you. Certainly. We can definitely do that. Did you... Say you were an adventurer? Uh, why, yes. I'm I'm Duncan the Homicidally Brave. Duncan will kind of fidget in one of his pockets, and at some point in his past, he got business cards made, uh, and he'll just kind of give you, like, a little fantasy-equivalent business card that just kind of is like, Duncan, Homicidally Brave Adventurer, can refuse no quest. Oh, 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 okay, wait, wait, stay right there, stay right there, I will be right back. And she hops off a little stool behind the counter, and then he just hears pitter-patter of little feet, and then, where did I put it? Where did it go? Where is it? Where is it? And then, oh! And then pitter-patter of little feet back up, and you hear, as she gets up on the the stool, and she says, okay, so, this letter is extremely important. Can I trust you with an extremely important letter? Why, yes, of course. I've I've delivered letters for other people countless times. So as she's saying this, she's got the letter in her hand and she's just jerking her hand towards him like, you might get to take it, but she might yank it out of your hand at the same time. Okay, so there is a part of my route that for some reason has become extremely, extremely overgrown and I can't get through it. And because I can't get through it, I can't do my job. And I mean, last time I tried, I got roped up by vines and I was hanging upside down and that's not fun like I mean it's seriously not fun um but okay back to the letter this letter is very important to save my friends that are in the woods oh okay uh certainly well who would I be delivering this letter to these friends of yours in the woods the goblin folk and she she watches him for his reaction she's looking at him very closely uh hmm hmm interesting well tell me more about these Goblins, are they hostile? Are they friendly? Only if you're a jerk. I mean, if if you go in there with an open and honest demeanor, you shouldn't have to worry about fighting them. Um, there's there's one of them. Um, oh, what is his name? His name is, uh, Small Fry. Yeah, Small Fry speaks a bit of common. And if you can find him, you know, you might be able to help him explain what's happening. Listen, the village wants to expand into the woods. And while that's a good thing, currently the area they're talking about expanding into is where the goblin folk live. Hmm. You can see how that would be a problem. Right, certainly. And as long as the goblins aren't actually harming anyone, then there's no reason why they in turn should be harmed. Exactly. Um, I mean, there's the occasional highway robbery. Um, but, you know, they're all very good to the mail carriers, and, and we, we have no problems with them. And, and generally, you know, if you're... They, they never prey on people who are on the road by themselves, or, you know, people who look like they have nothing. I mean, if you're flashy, that's your own fault. Sure, I've had my scrapes with goblins in the past, but they've all seemed to have been of the meaner persuasion. They've given in to maybe the more darker gods of the pantheon. So, okay, well, fair enough. And Duncan sees, like, a the small little window, and he'll, like, hunch down and look, and not that far off, he sees that there's a forest. And then he'll turn to the halfling at the counter and says, I'm I'm sorry, I was so rude, I just came in here. Uh, I didn't ask for your name. What is what is your name? Oh, yeah, that's probably should have introduced myself. I sometimes space out. 
<laughs> and, you know, this is more important than my name because it's a really important... Li ah, okay, so my name is Esther, uh, Esther Van Missif. Nice to meet you. She sticks her tiny little hand out. Duncan will place his human-sized hand out and, and shake it, and he'll go, Okay, well, uh, certainly I can undertake this uh, quest for you. Shouldn't be too much of a tussle for me to make my way down the road. And so Duncan will continue to speak with Esther, get a map, get a layout of where he's actually supposed to go on the journey, and the camera will just slowly pan out as uh, Duncan has made a new friend and learned more about the infrastructure of the postal system of these lands. <laughs> Right. Uh, this certainly was a first for me as far as having the character uh, introducing and explaining who they were in NPC creation. And that was a nice little random encounter vignette to role play out. So uh, what did you think of your experiences here on the podcast as we're heading into our final thoughts of the show? Oh, this was fun. And I'm sure the change in my voice is very, very apparent. She's pushy. Esther is. Um, and like I said, or like she said, she's talkative. So there's at some point you just got to let him go and let him talk. But I've had a great time. I hope I've been thoroughly amusing because I try, even though I was, I'm not going to lie, nervous as hell. This is the first time I've ever been on a podcast. Oh, well, yeah. you know. This show is all about, you know, everyone in life, you know, shouldn't go around viewing other people as just faceless, nameless NPCs. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a purpose. And, uh, you know, I try and carry my philosophy, my faith with me in all that I do. And so I want to give those opportunities to showcase other people, give them opportunities to speak. And together we can make fun and interesting characters that can be in D&D games. Exactly. And you know what? DMs have a hard enough job as it is. Why not make it a little bit Offload easier? some of the work, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, as we are here in the last moments of the show, I always like to turn the platform, the stage over to my guest and have my guest plug or promote anything that's on your heart and mind. Tell us what it is that we need to know. Oh, Boy. Okay, so if you, for some reason, decide you want to get a hold of me, you can do so on Instagram at, you're going to laugh, k.org. So that's K-A-Y dot O-R-C. Or you can reach me on Discord at seriously9670. So S-I-R-R-O-U-S-L-Y hashtag, oh, geez, how old am I? 9670. Okay. Um, and other than that, something to keep in mind if something is bugging you you have political representation you should use it so you don't lose it right that was strange yeah and also go love some dogs right if go you love dogs the... yeah if you don't have a dog and say you don't really want the commitment of having one at home go to your local shelter take them for walks give them love they are lonely and babies they're all babies they're all good dogs they're all good dogs kurt <laughs> Awesome. Well, Kay, this is the first time as a guest episode that I've had a member of the community become a guest. So I'm glad that the success, that the formula works. And so hopefully this is evidence to all of you out there in the community that if you like this podcast and you want to have a whole episode with me, that's totally doable. You don't have to be a podcast veteran. I'm willing to talk to anyone and everyone because like I said, this show is all about putting humans back into humanity, connecting us all in the ways that we can through the shared love of Dungeons and Dragons. So certainly, Kay, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy day for being on my humble, silly little podcast. And I hope 
hope that you have a great rest of your day up there in the majestic lands of Canada. The Great White North thanks you, and you folks all have a lovely rest of your day, and I had a wonderful time. For my first podcast, I would say it's the best one so far! Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and Side Quests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Overcast. Or, feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, sidekicksandsidequests.com, for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the show and the guests who have been on it. To stay up to date and interact via social media, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit by searching for Side KQ Podcast. I would love to talk D&D and showcase your fan art stories of how you used our NPCs, discussions, and commentary. If you would like to hail the bod, send an email to sidekicksandsidequests at gmail.com. To help this show be the resource it's meant to be, I ask that you please leave a review on iTunes to help spread the word and share our show with your friends and family. Whether you're a veteran player or an aspiring dungeon master, there's something here for everyone, and I want to hear about it. Sidekicks and Sidequests is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast, copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four!